Hey, everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. I'm Paul Fontaine alongside Ryan Frederick, coming at you one day late this week uh, due to a special interview we're going to have at the end of this show. And as you're listening, you may have already even seen it because it'll be on the YouTube channel as well. Uh, Bellator fighter Aaron um, Jeffries, and we'll get into his uh, his uh, the reason we're talking to him later in the show. But um, I uh, first of all want to thank you all for listening and uh, and hopefully subscribing to the Fight Game Me- Media Network on your uh, free feed. And if you haven't already, please do and leave us a nice review, five stars, and and all that. It helps everybody out. And also consider subscribing to the Patreon, Patreon.com/backslash/FightGameMedia got all your pro wrestling content that you could possibly want including all kinds of extra special shows and every once in a while ryan and i even do one and uh really helps us all out keep going it's only five bucks a month and uh less than you know a specialty coffee at starbucks so uh so ryan uh we got to talk about and man this is something we talked about a couple weeks ago uh i don't i don't remember if it was the actual we have to talk about segment but um it was something that had come up and seemed like a rash of retirements and uh we had a few more this weekend um one of which two of which i saw and the third i just kind of heard about but why don't you uh, fill us in a little bit more on these uh retirements yeah it feels like we have a, we're having a lot of retirements this year and you know a lot of fighters who who you know were big names within the past 10 years, you know, they're coming up quickly on this age where you kind of just wonder what the future is every time they fight. But, uh, yeah, there are three big ones this week. Uh, Uriah Hall uh, announced his retirement early in the week. And then uh, following fights this past weekend, Rory McDonald, who suffered a loss, uh, said he was retiring. And then Nina Nunez, who won her fight, said she was retiring because she wants to have some more babies. And she's yeah. she, she's 36. and. And no offense to women, I know I know 36 is starting to get in into that zone where like it's kind of now's now's the time yeah. now's the now's the latest time possible possibly you know within the few years especially if you want to have I mean they already have one but especially if you want to have a second and a third third the clock starts to tick once you get about that age so yeah big and, week for retirements and fighting is not necessarily conducive obviously because you got to oh, basically yeah, take sure. like two years off every time you have a kid especially if you want to like stay home and everything like that so uh but she went on on a good note and uh rory not so much and uriah hall i don't i think he lost his last fight didn't he, he? lost his last fight to andre yeah. muniz there right uh, yeah in, on a uh, july 2nd yeah yeah but i mean he wasn't like i sure as heck didn't really i i don't recall thinking oh you know this that's it for him like he seemed like he probably had another three four years but he always seemed like the kind of guy that just you know was never 100% in it. You know what I mean? Like it's a very much an enigma. Yeah. Yeah, he'll he'll go down as a big big what if because he had all of that hype off the incredible knockout on the ultimate fighter fighter he was expected to win that year. That year it was coached by John Jones and John Jones and Chael Sonnen, but he lost in the finals to Kelvin Gastelum and just kind of just had like a really roller coaster kind of UFC career. He would he would go on some win streaks, and he would have a bunch of like long losing streaks. And yeah, and he was start looked like he was starting to put it together. Put it together. He had a win over Anderson Silva, and then he had that that win over Chris Weidman, which was which was a yeah, you know, when Weidman broke his leg. He also beat Gegard Mousasi and and a few others, but uh, he lost his uh, I don't have his record in front of me, but I know he lost his. He was kind of 
losing more lately than he was winning. And I feel I feel like he was like something like ten and nine in UFC or something. Something like yeah, something like yeah. that. Um, so, I, I would say the Masasi wins probably the the highlight of his career, right? Um, yeah, 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 or the Anderson Silva, just because it's Anderson Silva, and it was Silva's last UFC fight. So yeah, well, that one was more. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously the biggest name, but I was just thinking, like, in terms of like the peak of his career, like when you thought, okay, he's finally got it together now, and and then he ended up. Yeah, I think they did the rematch, and he lost, right? Or yeah, my room, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and they, uh, yeah, I don't have his record in front of me. I'm doing this all from memory. Seven, 17 and 11 was his, was his final MMA record. And, right. Uh, so, yeah, it's probably yeah, not too far was, off. Then. Yeah. T- 10 and 9. Yeah. 10 and oh, 9 in the UFC. Yeah. Wow. Pretty good. And I did that off the top of my head. Um, so the, uh, and, and man, you wouldn't have thought when you saw that Uriah Hall, Chris Weidman fight that Hall would be the first one to retire. Um, you know, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I assume we're going to see Weidman again, um, but you know, he's still working his way back from that injury. But um, yeah, so it's yeah, and, and it, you know, again, like you said, it's it's these people that have come up. Like this is kind of the second generation. Well, Nina is, you know, you know, first generation of female fighters, um, kind of, uh, yeah, maybe second, but for female UFC fighters. Um, but McDonald and Hall are, you know, like they, you know, when they debuted. I mean, you know, they, they already were on TV. They, they were, you know, well-established on pay-per-view and everything. And these, so the, that's when they came up and, uh, and now they're, they're gone. So, I mean, we're kind of in our third or maybe even fourth generation of UFC fighters now. So it's, it's a new day. And uh, I would, I would call, I would call this era the post-tough era. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Rory. uh, Yeah. I mean, obviously Hall came up on tough Uh, Rory, didn't but you know he was supposed to be the um kind of the heir apparent to george st pierre you know kind of like he left ufc still you know a probably a top five fighter and but then he went to uh bell tour and you know did pretty well there um and then you know signed a big contract with pfl and really did not do well in pfl and uh and then uh yeah he lost his last fight and retired so yeah um, yeah i'll say this much about Rory, he he was half of my all-time favorite MMA fight, that incredible yeah. fight with Robbie Lawler at UFC 189, and it's just that kind of seemed like the beginning of the end for Rory McDonald because he was never really the same after after that fight. Yeah, yeah, he went to Bellator, became a welterweight champ, but his his success at Bellator was, you know, I would say mixed more on the positive mm-hmm. than the negative but it wasn't it wasn't anything like his early ufc run and his pfl run i was just i would just kind of place that in the disaster kind of thing yeah, yeah he made the playoffs but he's just he lost a, a guy this weekend who who wasn't even in the fight in the fight until wednesday so so it's like, well i mean yeah. that that kind of sucks too you know it kind of sucks kind of sucks if you in rory's in rory's position but you know it was a brutal knockout and and you know yeah. sometimes sometimes it's one of those things where where yeah it's just it's just time the writing's on the wall so, so on yeah. the bright side i i won a few bucks in that fight so yeah I will, um i will say I, I will treat all these retirements like i do with retirements i would just i will call them breaks because yeah. you just never know with with people i think nunez is done the other two who knows <laughs> if i had to put money on it i would say that Rory is probably done as well, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if we saw your eye hole again. 
Yeah, I think um, we'd be done too. So yeah, yeah. Um, all right, and then we uh, we watched the contender series, and uh, week two was not as eventful as week one, although we did have it's a pretty good show, and obviously the main event uh, is what everyone's talking about, Bo Nickel. Um, he submitted. This was, week, this was week week three. Week three. Week three. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was more eventful than week one, but not as eventful as week two. Absolutely. Way. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that uh, Bo Nickel. You know, obviously that's what everyone's talking about. I mean, one minute submission couldn't have looked better. You know, defeated a three and zero fighter, and he. I mean, and the funny thing is, is like he didn't get a contract. Dana gave him a developmental deal, and it's like. What what like how what would he could he have done to get a, a contract? You know what yeah. I mean? Like okay. I okay. I got a little I got a little more info on. Okay, on go ahead. Kind of kind of because I'm curious. So here's the deal. I don't know if he's actually under a U an actual UFC contract or UFC has rights to him or he's on a developmental. They didn't say he was on a developmental deal. They just gave him another fight on the contender series in on September 27th. But he's going to sign there. I think they wanted him to get a couple. I think the plan was always to get him, try to get him two appearances on the contender series to put him at three and zero before actually signing him. And it's <laughs> it's all a, it's all a plan that Malky Kala, who's his manager, and and Hunter Campbell and all of them, and they have it all all worked out. Just progression. He's he's a he's a UFC fighter currently fighting on on the contender series. Let's put it to you. I'll put it to you that way. I think you know, you know. I don't get. I I get them wanting him want them wanting to put him against lower level fighters who aren't UFC fighters. You know, using air quote air quotes. But he's essentially a UFC fighter, and I guess I don't. I don't know the whole two and a. Who cares if he's two and zero? They brought in Brock Lesnar when Brock was one and zero. They brought in Kane Velasquez when Kane Velasquez was two and zero. This guy is going to be every bit as good as those guys, and he, he believes he could be. He could be fighting for a title like right now and winning UFC gold right now. He he believes he's that good. So, so but yeah, he's he's a UFC fighter. We'll put it to you that way. Even though he doesn't have a have an have a and I'm using air quotes as I'm saying this. Even though he doesn't have a contract. So. I I mean I this is probably hyperbole, but I mean I, I to me he's like already like top fifteen. Um, yeah. like well, he's. He's scary good. We'll, like, we'll just use we'll just use the pro wrestling term kayfabe this entire situation and just go through go through knowing what the real story is with him. Exactly. Yeah. No. But yeah, it's uh, it's good. I mean, I, the, hopefully, I mean, hopefully, he's got more than a gentleman's agreement because you know it, it would uh, really be look bad if you know Bellator scooped him up or something right now. Nah, nah. Be, Malky's, Malky's not gonna let that happen. So. He'd be real dumb to do that, anyways. But yeah, because um, he's gonna make a lot of money. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. He's uh, you know, he's, he's gonna be a ma- he's gonna be a massive star. Yeah. Um yeah, so yeah, he he won the main event. We we got three other contracts uh, awarded on the show. Clayton Carpenter won a decision over Edgar Charez. Uh Jamal Pogues won a decision over Paulo Renato Jr. Bit of a surprise that he got a contract off of that, but it, it, he took the fight on short notice and it was also his second win on the contender series, so I can see why they did that. And uh Eric Silva highlight reel knockout 90 seconds over Anvar Boyna Zavarov, uh, and he got a contract as well. I felt bad for Carolina Wojcik, who didn't, who won her fight and did not get a contract. I don't know if you watched the post-fight like speech where she basically said, "I need a contract so I can 
eat basically is what she said like i need money for food and to pay my bills and stuff and i'm just like oh my god like no way does she deserve a contract but god you got to give her one and they didn't but i imagine they'll you know she'll get like a short notice fight or maybe another chance or something but yeah um, maybe i mean that fight wasn't anything to really write home about and like no that was an invicta main event (laughs) i mean it it was it was not good um good but yeah so it was a decent show um and yeah so you said he's got a fight uh, already scheduled so to, uh, september 27th is that week 10 yeah that's the last one of the year so okay well, that's good that'll that'll go on so they get two ratings out of it because well i mean they don't really have ratings but i gotta imagine after the first uh first one they're gonna there's gonna be a lot of people uh wanting to see him fight again and they'll they'll use espn to build it up i i've got the um the contender series this coming week uh up i see um no, Jack Cartwright. Now that's not the indie wrestler, right? That's somebody else. Uh, yeah, ten and zero bantamweight out of the, the UK. That is not the former Jack Gallagher who it was who has been kind of out of. Yeah. Out of well, no, no. That's isn't there another wrestling. guy named Jack? Isn't there another guy named Jack Cartwright that's like tearing it up on the indies right now, like in PWG? And Jack stuff, Cartwheel, or? like Cartwheel. Oh, it's cartwheel. Okay. All right. I thought it was cartwheel. Yeah. Um, at, and the, the long forgotten uh, Paul brother, Thomas Paul, in the main event against Esteban uh, Rebovic. Uh, I don't think he's a Paul brother, but I'm going to say he is. Uh, no. That's a guy. I'm looking at his record. He's 11 and 3. I'm surprised that he's he's just not being brought right into the UFC. But I guess he hasn't even really, he's been on like the UK regional, not even Cage Warriors or anything. So, um, but yeah, a few undefeated fighters. Don't really know much about anybody. I think Haley Cowan, I may have seen fight before. She's, uh, she's on, yeah, she's been in LFA. I knew I, I knew I knew that name. She's fought a bunch of times in LFA. Uh, and Invicta as well. That's where I saw her, Invicta, the January show. I did watch that show. So, yeah, uh, Haley Cowan against Claudia Leite. Um, I, you know, anything else you want to say about any of these other fighters? No, just hopefully it's, uh, it's as good of a two hour viewing broadcast as the last two weeks have been. Been, yeah, I don't know too much about a lot of these people, but, but some solid looking records and some solid looking, looking prospects there. There's one, uh, I'm just curious when you see a guy with a record like Jose Johnson, he's 14 and seven, but yeah, you know what? I, that's what I figured. Like he's got some big wins. Uh, Delani Perry, uh, Dre Miley, uh, he's fought Ronnie Lawrence. So he's, he's actually fought a lot of names, Levi Miles. Um, so that's probably is probably better than his record shows. Um, 14 and 7. He's probably not young either. Well, he's only 27. Um, so yeah, uh interesting though when you see a guy with a 14 and 7 record get getting on the contender series. But um, all right, so that was that. Uh, we also I watched the PFL. Uh, did you? I I mean you sound like you watched the Rory fight for sure. Yeah, I, I mean I didn't I didn't watch any of it. I, know, I saw okay. the highlight of the Rory okay. fight. Yeah, fight. that was yeah, I watched the whole thing. Well, the main card. Um, I don't even know if the rest of it was even airing. Um, yeah, because the roar, the roar, the last two fights went head to head with the start of the UFC. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I just yeah, I recorded it on my PVR and I watched it later. But uh, yeah, the Rory fight. I mean, it was starting out like a typical Rory fight, and then Delano hit him with a with a punch, and uh, he just went down like a shot, uh, kind of like Dominic Cruz did, honestly. Um, and uh, and he just yeah, and he finished him with with strikes on the ground. Um, there, it was, uh, you know, it was pretty, pretty good card there. There was two other knockouts, uh, Ante Delizia 
knocked out Henan Ferrara and Matthias Scheifel knocked out Juan Adams, another late replacement opponent uh, just earlier in the week. It's the it's funny. The, the one guy, Delano Taylor, he had won a roster spot on their own version of the Contender Series. So he had fought like I think three or four times already this year just to get into PFL. And then here he is in the finals. Um, yeah, three times he had fought. And he lost his last fight. He lost to Magomed, uh, Magomed Kirov, Magomed Kimirov, and now he's in the finals. <laughs> fucking PFL. Um, and uh, the the opener, Sadabu Sai, who they call the Swedish Denzel, uh, won a disputed decision over Carlos Leal, we'll say. I mean, I had it 29-28 Leal. Um, one of the scores was 30-27, and when they read that score, I thought for sure Carlos had won, and I think even Sadabu figured he had lost. They were all 29-27 because Leal oh, was it? deducted that. Oh, right. There was a point deduction. Yeah, so it was a, when I heard the 29-27, yeah, because with the point deduction, I figured it was going to go the other way. Oh, and there was also, yeah, they, they had another weird fight. Nate Kelly and Ben Ellis, they were basically fighting for a roster spot. They said they, they're going to be on PFL Europe, the winner, and Nate Kelly won uh, first-round submission over Ben Ellis. A uh, couple of young, young fighters. So that's all I saw. Um it was a pretty good show, especially by PFL standards. They had um, Andy Shepard, I think that's his name, uh, doing the ring announcing, and he does NXT UK. So I was like, I'm, I'm watching. Yeah, Andy Shepard. I'm watching. I'm, that voice, it sounds familiar. And then I'm like, wait a minute, is that guy from NXT UK? And then I'm like, oh, I don't want to just sound like all UK guys sound exactly the same. So I asked on Twitter, and somebody said right away, yeah, yeah, that's the guy. So, uh, yeah, it, it was a good show. And uh, this coming week, we have the PFL playoffs on Saturday. Uh, again, another afternoon show from London. And Kayla Harrison's in the main event. Um, and it's weird. They're doing like, they do the main event and then they're doing like post limbs. And these post limbs are actually like pretty good. Like the, the kind of the main event of the post limbs is Marcin Held, who's, uh, you know, been around forever. Uh, I think uh, Bellator, I think he fought in UFC as well. Um, but the the main event of the TV broadcast is Kayla Harrison against Martina Jindrova. And, of course, the number one seed in the lightweight tournament, Larissa Pacheco, is also fighting on the card against Olena Kolesnik. Um, and they look to be headed for a, a rematch. I think it might be their third fight coming up uh, for a million bucks uh, in October. And we also got Chris Wade and Brendan Lognane and Ryoji Kudo and Bubba Jenkins and their you know they're they're fighting to try and get into the finals of the um of the featherweight tournament. So anything else on this show that uh you want to talk about? Oh just uh I mean Kayla Harrison's always kind of must watch. Yep. Must watch uh and a must watch attraction and, and that uh, fight between Chris Wade and Brandon Lofane should probably be one of the more exciting non UFC fights of the year. So that's a pretty good matchup right there. And we won't have um, the conflict with uh, UFC because the, the UFC won't start till like later, like six o'clock Eastern, five o'clock Central, at the earliest. Um, yeah. With uh, with the being a pay per view, so uh, yeah, it uh, yeah I'll be watching for sure as I as I always do, um, and uh, also Bellator. Now, <laughs> I watched the prelims and I watched most of the main card, but I didn't see the top two fights. So I don't know if you saw the top two fights. And they were actually like the shortest ones. I probably could have just kept watching, but uh, I didn't know. And uh, it was out of time. But uh, did you did you see Goite, Yamauchi, and Neiman Gracie? I, 
I did, I did not. I admittedly did not see any of the Bellator show. Okay. Well, um, one of the things that happened on the Bellator show is in the opener of the main card, Aaron Jeffrey uh, knocked out Austin Vanderford, minute 25. Um, Austin is coming off the uh, the title fight against uh, Jagard Musasi, who, you know, clearly he wasn't ready for. And he took this, uh, Jeffrey took this fight on short notice. Um, and uh, he, he just looked great. I mean, it was a great knockout. Uh, put him on his ass and then just finished him on the ground and uh, cut a promo afterwards, put over uh, uh, Austin Vanderford for taking the fight on short notice. This is his third straight win, second straight win in Bellator. And uh, he lost the Contender Series um, last year. And, uh, you know, to Chow Baralo, who's, you know, you know, looks like a pretty good UFC fighter. And if it wasn't for that, he'd be on like a nine-fight win streak. So, um, or eight, yeah, eight-fight win streak. And his lot, previous loss to that was to Brendan Allen. So, I mean, you know, and he's beaten Andre Petrosky. Like, this is a pretty damn good fighter. And, uh, and we're actually going to, well, we have him on the show. Um, and the show you're listening to right now, and this is the reason we're late, is uh, I uh, reached out to some people at Bellator. I said, you know, I want to talk to this guy. He's a friend of Fight Game Media. Um, a few years back, uh, Justin Nipper uh, reviewed a show that he was on and uh, really was impressed by his mullet. And uh, he uh, he retweeted it and commented on the comment about the mullet. And uh, we've been fans of his ever since. He also lost to Sean Brady. His only three yeah. losses in his career are to Sean yeah. Brady. My God, this guy's good. Yeah, he's he's good. He's very good. And I think they were gonna. I think they wanted him for the Contender Series again this year, but he signed a Bell Tour before they could send him an offer. So, so I have to have to yeah, talk to him about I mean, that. Like, good for good for him. Yeah, no, I mean he. Uh, I mean they have their Bell Tour rankings, and uh, actually, by the time you read this, they'll probably be out. Or by the time you hear this, they'll probably be out. I gotta think. Like if I was voting, he's he's probably top five. Um, you know, it's not exactly a, a deep uh, company they have. Um, but uh, yeah, he just, he couldn't look better, cut a great promo. He's got a world-class mullet and mustache. And uh, yeah, he was, uh, to me, like the part of the show that I watched, he kind of stole the show. Um, we also had Alayma Lay McFarlane had just a really boring fight with Bruna Ellen. And all she was concerned about the whole fight was keeping her shorts on. And she even mentioned it in the post-fight promo. We did get to see a little uh, little bit of an ass crack. And obviously, she was self-conscious about it. And she brought it up, so I have no problem bringing it up. Um, and uh, But she won over Bruna Ellen. Um, and uh, she missed weight. Uh, first time in her career, she missed weight. So she was apologizing for that. And But Bruna Ellen actually looked really good. And... Um, yeah, and the rest of the rest of the card, the probably the most notable thing on the prelims was the debut of Patrick Downey, who is uh, probably like their version of um, of, of um, Bo Nickel. He's another, except not as I would say not as as a uh, accomplished. In, oh no, I mean, so he do, he doesn't have the have the division one titles and the and the no. uh, and the. And the goal and the representing the Olympic team, but but as far as like you know a big time wrestler, yeah, he's a big time wrestler. He's a, they say he's an All American, and he's in the same weight class as <laughs> as um, I keep wanting to call him Aaron Jeffries, Bo Nichols. So probably I would imagine they probably squared off in in college wrestling. But he looked really good. He uh, submitted uh, Keys Nelson in 36 seconds. Now this is the difference. Like Bo Nichols beat a three and zero guy. 
and this guy that uh, Patrick Downey beat was 0 and 3. So, um, you know, but he, uh, Downey's 1 and 0 now. He cut a promo after. He's like, he, he's as cocky as uh, Bo Nickel is. Uh, I'm not sure if he has reason to be. We'll find out as we see more of him. Um, but yeah, and we, uh, yeah, not, not much else. Josh Hill. Um, it's funny. They had two straight fights on the show where the guy's nickname was The Gentleman and he lost because Austin Vanderford is now calling himself The Gentleman. Um, I have no idea just why. Call your, just call yourself uh, Mr. Paige Van Zandt. Just that's all you yeah. need to do. He's just call himself Austin Van Zandt. Just to lean into it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. Too bad for Josh Hill. It was uh, actually he was almost finished in early in the fight, and he stayed in there the whole time. He clearly lost, but he uh, he fought right to the end. He arguably might have won the third round, but um, it was a pretty good win for Marcus Brino, who moved to fifteen and two on the main event of the prelims. And the other notable one in the prelims is Deanna Bennett and Justin Keish. So the two fights I missed, uh, yeah, Goiti Amuchi uh, knocked out Neiman Gracie in the second round. And uh, another freaking no contest, uh, Valentin Moldavsky, uh, accidental eye poke against uh, Steve Mowry in 54 seconds. So that fight, is that, that's like, didn't he just have that against Ryan Bader? Uh, it wasn't Moldavsky, it was a... Uh... Oh, you're right. Somebody else. It, yeah, it was yeah, Corey yeah. Anderson and and uh, Vladimir uh, Nemkov. Yeah, 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 Nemkov. Yeah, my bad, my bad. But Maori still ten and zero, so that's good. But yeah, I'll, I'll probably watch those shows. That show at some point, it's still sitting on. Well, it's on YouTube, so um, YouTube is very good about remembering where I am on the shows. Yeah, I know. I no longer subscribe to Showtime, so I'm missing oh. these Bellator shows, and Bellator hasn't been giving me anything interesting to make me want to resubscribe so i i would not subscribe like i mean we can't subscribe to showtime but i would not subscribe for bellator but we get it on youtube here so it's yeah, nice so I, it, I i had showtime for free for about almost a year it felt like mm. which is kind of nice and i guess my cable company either caught up to it or <laughs> figured it out or something i don't i don't know how i had it for so long without paying for it but they yeah. don't even really have that much other like decent stuff on there like, like they, billions and billions uh and, and like a yeah power book i guess a lot of people like i don't never really been into that one but um those white queen like those those ones i kind of like i think that's showtime yeah um all right so that's that's all the uh other stuff and now we got the uh the big one ufc um uh, fight night from San Diego, Varen Cruz, and uh, I, I don't know this is a pretty good show. Um, I uh, the main event was basically called it a one match, a one uh, a one fight card, and in terms of name value, it probably was. But in terms of like fight quality, I mean, it was pretty solid up and down. But uh, Marlon Vera, it was an interesting fight with Dominic Cruz because Cruz came out and he, you know, arguably won. You know, the first, well, he definitely won the first round. The second was closer. Um, I saw it was, a lot of people had it 1919. A few people had it 2018. Um, but it was like Cruz was just moving around and hitting them and like out striking them like four to one. But every time Vera hit him, he hurt him. And it it felt like an inevitability. Like the whole time I'm watching it, it just felt like like he's just dancing around and his his punches are not doing anything to Vera. And every time, and he's just waiting to hit him. And uh, you know, and he he missed a few times, but whenever he hit him, he he knocked him. And then in the fourth round, he he knocked him down with a head kick. He you know did the face flop and uh, finished him with a couple more shots on the ground, and it was over. And it was kind of sad. Um, like Cruz, it's, 
I, sorry, I don't know where he's at. Like, he feels like he probably would still beat a lot of guys in the top 15, but I don't know, you know, like, because I feel like anybody that hits him, he's probably going to go down at this point. Like, and uh, kind of reminds me of Rich Franklin at the end a little bit, but I don't know. What did you think? It's hard to say. It's hard to say. Uh, he looked very good. He was up 29, 28 uh, after, after three rounds on all three scorecards. So, so, I mean, he was, you know, winning the fight going into the, going into the fourth and his movement was there. Uh, not as fast as he used to be, but I mean, who did, you know, he's gotten older and he's been hurt a lot and he hasn't been as act, active. So he's not going to be, you're never, you're never as quick at, at 35 as you were when you were 28. Let's be honest. Let's be honest, no. but uh, but his skills were still there. He still leaves his hands very low, and and for somebody like Vera who has good kicks and good head kicks and can and can find that counter opening for a head kick when Cruz's hands are low, that's exactly what he did. And that visual of his foot hitting Cruz's nose, and you can just see Cruz's nose breaking right there yeah. before he went down. It was just just a crazy visual and very. Vera is really, really good. I don't think he yeah. gets the credit he deserves because, uh, because you know, he was like a lot of people. He's like, he was like, you know, Rafael Dos Anjos and Robbie Lawler, a guy who struggled in the early part, Anthony of, Smith. part of it. Yeah, like, Anthony Smith. You know, a lot of guys who you struggled, struggled, you know, you know, rotated between wins and, lo- wins and losses. Didn't have a very impre- impressive, like, like record i mean if you if you look at it up until it was really you know his first let me count here his first eight ufc fights he's four and four i mean a lot of guys get cut right after that but ever since then since then he's 10 and three with the three or 10 and two with the two losses to song Dong and jose aldo i mean those are yeah those are and, and a lot of people thought he won the song Dong fight so so, and the Aldo I mean, fight was close. And the, like, I mean, yeah, uh, I, Aldo won the fight. But I mean, look at who he's beaten: Sean O'Malley. Even though O'Malley likes to say he didn't lose that fight because he was hurt, but uh, Frankie Edgar, Rob Font, Dominic Cruz. I mean, this is a legit guy who could, who I think one more fight, title shot, depending on yeah. how things kind of work out. Work out, maybe he fights Sanhagen if Sanhagen beats Song Dong. I think that would be the title eliminator bout right there but uh and that can that can headline another fight night night. somewhere in the southern u.s yeah um colorado or something arizona they can never he should never ever fight at the apex again (laughs) um you know because i mean there should never be events at the apex i know but you know this is another proof and this is just so stupid that we're gonna have like three or four more this year i mean i don't want to but but i mean marlon vera Marlon Vera, Brandon Moreno, um, you know, Tai Tuivasa, like some of these guys should never yeah. fight in in the Apex again because they're so yeah. over with the crowd. Um and and so and and Yasmin Yaraguri is another one, but we'll we'll get to her in a bit. Um but yeah, I there's another, I, there's another one we're about to talk about who should never fight in the Apex too. Yeah. But um, the but yeah, but did you did you sense the same thing? Oh, Landwehr, yeah. Um, did you get the sense though, like for me though, that like even though Cruz was winning, um, you know he's winning on points, but he, I don't think he didn't hurt Vera like at all. Like I don't, if, I don't. Rec- he might have wobbled him once or two. It felt like a fight that after three rounds, and I said this 
to uh, I was at home home watching it this weekend not at the show but uh i was sitting at home and my dad watches all the fights with me and my dad was asking me how i had it scored after three i go like i told him exactly i go like i have a 29 28 cruise but i have a feeling vera could end this fight anytime soon and that's just kind of what it felt like throughout yeah. like crew like felt like cruise was winning but that, that a vera finish was kind of coming at any moment and it happened yeah, and he always starts slow too. So I mean, yes. I, I thought like even if even if it went to five rounds, I felt like he was probably gonna come back and do more damage in the fourth and fifth and and end up winning the fight on points. Um, you know, because he would just turn it on. His corner did real good corner work. They told him he was losing. Um, you know, it it uh it, it you know it was it was good fight, and the crowd was you know, like willing him on the, you know, like it, this was a, this was a super hot crowd, especially. Yeah. For the, uh, for the, the, uh, the, it's funny in the Angela Hill, Lupe, Lupe fight because she, they were way behind Lupe Gadinias until they announced that Angela Hill was from San Jose or from, from San Diego. And I don't think anybody actually knew that. So, you know, then they were cheering for her too. And so they were, every time any, either one of them did anything, they were, they were cheering them. So, um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it was, it was a good show and yeah, we got, um, we, we got that, uh, big win for Marlon Vera in the main event. Um, now you had messaged me earlier in the night cause you know, I watched in delay and you said, uh, um, oh, you know, we got another fight of the year contender, uh, if, you know, if, if the way things are going or whatever. And I'm like, okay. And so I'm watching the show and, you know, I'm, and yeah, I kind of looked at the time you had sent it to me. So I kind of was guessing it was later in the show. And usually fight of the year stuff is going to be anyways. But uh, I'm watching this uh, Yasmin Yaraguri and Yasmin Lucindo fight. And and it was a really good fight. And the crowd is is like really put, you know, really behind uh, Yas, Yasmin Yaraguri, 9-0 and fighter from Mexico. A um, lot of Mexicans in the crowd because Tijuana is just across the bridge from San Diego. But um, the um, they the announcers were like just talking about how great this fight was like, Oh my God, this is like one of the better fights of the year and all this. And I'm like, okay, it's the best fight on the show so far, but I don't know about fight of the year. And then I'm thinking like, what were you thinking, Ryan? And then, uh, and then I watched the next fight <laughs> and my God, Nate Landewer and David Onama. Um, this was incredible. I don't even want to, cause I, I want you to talk about this fight because yeah. I'm going to screw I'm going to screw it up and I won't do it justice. So I don't know if I can do this justice. It's my second favorite fight of the year. Glover and Yuri is going to mm. be hard to pass. I think Glover yeah. and Yuri is a landmark UFC like one of kind kind of kind of fights that's that's up there with with among the best fights of all time and <clears throat> and this one's not but yeah but this one was just absolute bonkers, especially the second and third round. Like Nate Landwehr, uh, <laughs> I talked about him being one of my favorite fighters to watch just because it's guaranteed craziness. And I even this was even crazier than you could think. He's sitting there. He's destroying Onama and yelling during the fight, just oh. doing all sorts of crazy stuff. I mean, Onama, for his sake, in that second round, especially in the second round and even in the third round, he took an absolute beating. But in the third round, like every time it felt 
felt like Landwehr was about to finish Onama in the third, Onama would come back, and it felt like Onama was was like one punch away from finishing Landwehr. It was just absolute insanity. That second round was was just a gigantic round for Landwehr, just dominating yeah. everywhere, everywhere. I'm just, it was <laughs> so the, nuts. The, the one thing that you haven't mentioned, and you're probably thinking about it, but just haven't said it. Um, he Landwehr would get him down. And he's yeah. like punching him on the ground. And he's like, like you said, just about to finish him. And then he would just stop punching and he'd get up and he'd start like, like um, raising his hands and like cheering on the crowd and posing and like getting the crowd into it and letting Onama get back up. And then by the third round, every time he did this, Onama would get up and then just start wailing away on Landwehr. And it was just the most insane thing. And that's what took this from like a great performance by Landwehr to just like an incredible, insane fight. Because these guys were like, Onama looked like he was dead, and he just kept coming back. And Landowir had this look in his eye, like, like I, I said to you in, in our DMs, like he he looked like he was possessed by a devil, like he yeah. just like it looked like a different person, you know, like it was just insane. And I mean, I know not everybody watches all these fights, and you know, even if you're listening to the show, maybe you only watch the cruise fight because you know there's a lot of stuff on this weekend, and you know, maybe you had stuff to do. But if you did not watch Landwehr Onama, go watch this fight. Um, it, it was insane, and uh, they it went to a majority decision. So, like, one of the judges actually gave Onama the third round. And I, it, I mean, it was close. Like I kind of thought, you know, and and even if you know, because judges hate to give ten eights, I thought, God, like there's a way you could actually score this for Onama, which would have been insane. But Landowir, like if if he lost, like and he almost got knocked out, like he, it was because he gave the fight away because he was like about to finish the guy, and then he just got up and said, "Let's do this, get up, get up," you know. And it's like, oh my God, I, I'm talking about it. I want to go watch it again. Um, it yeah. Was, it was insane. Yeah. Like I said, it's it's been 48 hours, and I haven't rewatched that fight since, and I kind of feel like I need to just to, and to watch it without any, like, writing or anything in, in front of me and just watch it and just, just to relive just how insane. It was just incredible. It's hard to put into, put into words when you kind of see a fight like that where you're just like your jaw is literally, like, on the floor for for 12 out of 15 minutes. It was just absolute insanity. Yeah, and and I kind of like, and it it was like that almost right from the beginning too. So it was um, that's why it was like it didn't take me too long to figure out um, that you weren't talking about the the two Yasmins uh, fighting each other. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that was just incredible. And Landwehr is uh, you know he's sixteen and four now, and he's got some big wins. Onama was you know pretty highly rated prospect, and this is his second UFC loss now. But I don't think he loses much in this fight. Yeah. No, I don't think at all. And, and he was fighting, what, just, just a little over a month after his last fight. So, And if I'm not mistaken, wasn't that Mason Jones fight like a super like crazy fight too? Or is that yeah, a different Mason Jones fight? It, like, was, I remember- it, was, it was a really, really exciting fight. I, I mean, it not, doesn't touch this one, but that one was an exciting fight too. So. That's not the one I'm thinking of. There, there was a fight that I, I'm pretty sure it was Mason Jones. It was, and it, it was like it, the it, first fight on a card – it was a Mike. It's Mike Davis. Mike Davis. In, uh, yeah, yeah it, it was in January of twenty twenty one. It was, uh, yeah, on on one of those uh, Fight Island cards, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it was like early in the morning, and 
yeah, I remember watching it before work and just like, I was like super pumped up. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was just an awesome fight. And yeah, I mean, it's not going to get a lot of votes and cause probably not, not a ton of people saw it. And obviously way more people saw it to Sharon Prashaska and, you know, it was a title fight and it was, you know, like you said, a landmark UFC fight, but this is like any other year, this, this would have been a strong contender for fight of the year. Um, it'll, it, it'll get it'll get a lot of praise as in yeah on the top five list at the end of the yeah year. like if you're making a top five list it's gonna anybody that saw it's gonna put it on that list so yeah. but if you're picking like if you just have one vote i don't think a ton of people are actually going to pick this as their fight of the year yeah uh, but it's definitely in the discussion of course. um yeah best non-title fight almost for sure yeah yeah, yeah. i'd say so yeah yeah uh all right so uh take us or uh, give us your uh three stars all right, my three stars. Uh, first, I'm going to go with Tyson Nam. Uh, you know, he hasn't fought since January of 2021, and he's coming back against a really tough guy in O'Day Osborne. They were kind of having a little bit back and forth, back and forth action there in the first. Uh, Osborne went for a flying knee that missed, and then the sequence that ended the fight. Osborne he landed on his feet as he was missed the flying and Nam knocked him down with a right hand, right at oh. like complete perfect timing, timing to land a punch with somebody's somebody's getting back to the getting to their feet from a missing a flying knee. And Osborne went down and just Nam just jumped on top and pounded him out for the win. A very impressive finish. Uh my second star, I'm gonna go with Gabriel Benitez. Just because oh, uh <laughs> yeah like uh Ontiveros was thrown he he uh, finished Charlie Oliveras in the first. Oliveras was throwing like these a lot of these crazy axe kicks, and a couple of them got in. And then, but it was kind of just a little bit of action back and forth. And then there was a groin strike. I forget on who it was, who it was, but it halted the action. And once it started from there, Mowgli was like like Landwehr, like a guy who was possessed because he wobbled <laughs> Oliveras. And then he just picked the guy up and threw him down to the mat. It wasn't like, you know, one of these, like, oh, just like quick, big takedowns. It's like he literally picked him up and threw him down and then got on top and pounded it out to finish in the first round. Very impressive showing from Benitez. And my third star, I'm going to go with Gerald Mearshart. Uh, just uh, he his striking was good against Bruno Silva. Silva is a dangerous guy who just didn't seem to show up, but uh, – Mearshart had him in trouble a few times, and then he dropped Silva in the third round with the combo. And instead of getting on top, on top and going for the finish that way, Mearshart went to where he was comfortable and grabbed the neck, locked in a guillotine choke, and got Silva to submit in the third round. Very big win for Mearshart. You know he's he's a very good fighter. I think he's now. I think I don't know. He's top five in most finishes in the middleweight division. The yeah. UFC. I forget. Forget I think, the exact I think he number. Might have been second. So second or third, and he might be yeah. top three now. Three now, but uh, yeah, very good finish for him. So yeah, those are my three stars. I, I didn't think Bruno Silva looked very good at all in that fight. I don't know what no, was not wrong at with all. him, but um, looked out of shape and just not the same guy that fought. Um, what's his name, Alex Pereira? Yeah, 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 and then and then not the same guy who had a couple impressive knockouts early in his UFC career. Uh, so my three stars, I'm going to go with Josh Quinlan, uh, two minutes, nine seconds, KO of Jason Witt. And the best thing about this was he knocked him out. Jason Witt goes down. He's in the middle of throwing a punch and the ref stopped it and he stopped. 
like i don't know how he stopped himself from throwing that punch but it was like clearly he didn't want to punch him but he knew he had to but then the ref stopped it so he stopped and uh something about this guy um i'm gonna go on record and say he's gonna be a ufc champion within the next three years um he just that's a that's a big prediction right there yeah i mean he just something about him he kind of reminds me of brian ortega and uh you know and i just i was really really impressed by this guy and yeah maybe not three years but i just he looked like a future champion he's six and oh right now uh jason witt's a, a solid veteran and uh he he looked real real impressive there uh coming off i believe he's coming off the contender series as well uh, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, he had the uh, against uh, Logan. Or, right, right. We talked about that last week. He failed the drug test. Uh, another thing he's got in common with Mr. Ortega. Uh, well, not that he, yeah, he failed drug test, didn't he? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, second star. Uh, did you not call Priscilla Cachero one of the worst fighters in UFC? Or is that somebody else? What's that? <laughs> did you call at one point Priscilla Cachero one of the worst fighters in UFC? Or is yeah. that somebody else? Yeah. Okay. No, that's yeah. me. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I I just I knew it. No, I just couldn't remember if it was her or if it was someone else. But I'm not the I'm not the only one who said that. <laughs> like, okay. Well, she picked up her fourth win in the last five fights and crazy. Uh, yeah. 65 second knockout over uh, Ariane Lipsky. She looked great. She looked like a superstar. Like she, you know, cut this, you know, just, I don't know what the hell she was saying, but she <laughs> was very entertaining. Um, and uh, yeah, she, she got a big win over Ariana Lipsky, bad of Brazilians. And uh, you know, she's, you know, we talk about no contenders at, at Bantamweight and God, like she gets another win. She, she earned herself the right well, of getting like destroyed by Amanda well, Nunez. I mean, these are fly, these are flyweights. I mean, oh, are they? they okay. They, they had to they, fight they, at Bantamweight because remember they were supposed okay. to fight last right, right, week. Right. And, yeah, they moved it up. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. okay. So all right. So she's not. So she's yeah. So well, you know what? She can earn the right to be beat by Valentina Shevchenko. Although there's I don't a few. Wanna, nobody wants to see that again. We've already well, seen you it. Know. Yeah. Oh, is she the one that like got outstruck like three hundred and seventy to one or something in Brazil? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. All right, okay. So that's probably why everyone thinks she was bad. Um, and then my third star is Azamat Mirzakhanov, uh scored a, a third round uh KO over Devin Clark. Uh just kind of beat him down. Uh Mirzakhanov moved to 12 and 0. And uh this is a you know a good performance from him. Obviously, he's undefeated in UFC because he's undefeated, period. But that was his second straight third round finish, which uh, you know, his last one was against Tafan and Jakui. So he's not uh, not fighting and then yeah he's got one on the contender series over matthias shuffle who is uh uh in uh, pfl right now and uh doing pretty well over there so in the finals yeah yeah for a million bucks so uh yeah so take us through the rest of this card there ryan okay it started off with a bantamweight fight that went to the draw damone blackshear and yusef zalal uh majority draw a 129-28 square card for Blackshear. The other two were 28-28. Uh, Blackshear won the first two rounds basically off of his grappling. And uh, Zalal had a big third round where he almost finished Blackshear a couple of times. Me personally, I thought it was a borderline, whether it's 10-8. And usually whenever I think it's a borderline 10-8, I usually go 10-9. But apparently I was the only one who scored a 10-9. I had it for Blackshear. Everybody, every other media score and – Pretty much everybody I saw on Twitter had it a 10-8 round. I had it 28-28 as well. Yeah, I could have gotten it. Either score would would have been fine. And and the draw, draw Blackshear winning, you know, either draw felt like more of the right decision. But, but yeah, it was it was an okay fight. I thought Blackshear, uh, 
definitely gave the fight away. Like he didn't he deserve did. to win. Yeah, he did. I mean, he did take this fight on like a week's notice. So okay. So, but yeah, but uh, then he had Josh Quinlan knocking out uh, Jason Wynn in the first round, as you talked about. Then we had Tyson Nam knocking out Ode Osborne in the first round, as I talked about. Then you had lightweight fight Gabriel Benitez finishing Charlie Ontiveros first round, as I talked about. Then we had a women's flyweight fight. Uh, Nina Nunez split decision over Cynthia Calvillo. I thought this was boring, and oh, yeah, and none, yeah nothing to write home. Right home about Nunez. Nunez, I felt like just she did enough to win the fight, and Calvillo just she just is not as good as she was a few years ago. It's just whatever happened, whether it's injuries or overconfidence, and and you know losing a fight or two that knocked her confidence out. Whatever it was, was just she didn't look good here, and and uh, I scored the fight for Nunez. Most of the people did as well, and of course, as we talked about at the top of the show. She took off her gloves, announced her retirement, says she wants to have more babies and get into coaching. So, you know, it was a, you know, not many fighters get to go off on a win. So good for her. Now, this next one, heavyweight fight. It was a split decision. Martin Budai over Lucas Bresky. He uh, 229 28 scorecards for Budai and the 29 28 scorecard for Bresky. This was an absolute robbery. Okay. I don't see <laughs> any way that, that Martin yeah. Budai won. Uh, when looking at the media scorecards, uh, there was only I – th- I think I had it. Uh, it's right in front of me. Uh, 92%, which was every scorecard but one for uh, Bresky. And, only and the one wasn't me. <laughs> the one wasn't you because your scores weren't uh, up on MMA, MMA decisions. But, I mean, Bresky outstruck him very clearly every round and was doing way more damage. And maybe Budai – I gave Budai the third because I thought he ended – Ended that round better than Bresky, even though he got out outstruck. But there is no way you can give him any one of the first two rounds. You can't. And the two judges that had it for him gave him the second round. No way. It's it's no way. I when you kind of look at the stats and kind of go over when I was reading my notes about the fight, fight the first round was closer than the second round was yeah. as far as like. As far as like you know, striking and whatnot, whatnot. The second round was a better round for Brisket. That was it was an absolute robbery. Like I'm just, I'm just, yeah. that's just ridiculous. But I mean, it wasn't that great of a, wasn't like a super fight, but it was okay. I mean, it was decent. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then uh, the prelims closed out. Catchweight fight. Angela Hill unanimous decision over Lupe Godini is twenty nine twenty eight all across the board. Uh, very good fight. Very close fight. Uh, it came down to how you scored the third. And the third was super close. They were pretty even on the feet. And uh, Angela Hill was doing more pressure. I actually scored this fight for Gardini as myself. But uh, these are the type of fights that Angela Hill, when it goes to the decision like that, she usually ends up or almost always ends up on the wrong end of the decision. And she actually got one to go her way this time, which is which is good for her. I mean, and I don't think Gardini loses anything with this loss. I mean, it was a very close, close fight. They could have gone either way. So very good fight. Two, two. So, uh, and then we had the main card uh, kicked off with Gerald Mearshart submitting Bruno Silva in the third round in a middleweight fight. Then Priscilla Cachoeira uh, knocked out Ariane Lipsky in the first round. Azamat Mirzakhanov, uh, third round finish over Devin Clark. Then you had the women's strawweight fight that had a lot of rave reviews. Uh, Yasmin Uruguay, uh, unanimous decision over Yasmin. Lucindo Yaraguay, nine and zero now from Mexico. Teammate of Brandon Moreno. She's she has the potential to be a big star as Trawway if she can keep it up. 
And then you had Nate Landwehr, the majority decision over David Onama in the co-main. And then Marlon Vera finishing Dominic Cruz with a head kick in the fourth round in the main event. Um, two things. Uh, the strawweight fight, one thing that I don't think either one of us mentioned, we probably mentioned it last week. Um, these women were both making their UFC debut, and they fought third from the top on, on a big card. So the the lot was expected of them, and they probably over-delivered. So uh, good yeah. good for them. And, and putting, uh, and putting Yaraguay in that position third from the top had a lot to do with the fact of the show being in San Diego and not yeah. being from Mexico and all that. Um, and then the the Angela Hill fight, I actually scored it. I I gave the first round to Loopy, um, just because like she dominated like most of it, and then Angela Hill fi- finished really strong, which is probably why you know she got the round. But I actually scored it, um, or sorry, I scored it for Hill um, because of the finish. And then I gave her the second, and then I also gave her the third. So I actually had a thirty twenty seven, but I thought like easily Loopy could have won twenty nine twenty eight. So I, I don't think there was any score. Other than if you would have said thirty twenty seven loopy, um, that would have been a bad score. But uh, you know, they, it was a close fight, and I was I was actually surprised that Hill won. But it was good because she finishes every fight strong, and she finishes rounds strong as well. And and it's just like it usually doesn't go her way, but it did this time. So good for her because she really couldn't afford another loss. Right. Um, yeah. Um, all right. Oh, and uh, oh, God, I just uh, lost it. But uh, I wanted to. Do you have the? Um, it, I know the attendance was like twelve thousand eight hundred, and the, um, the twelve thousand eight hundred four sellout gate was was uh, one point seven three six million. We'll put it that way. Yeah. So they did sell out. Eh? I wasn't sure yeah. because I know it seats more than that for like other sports, but yeah. um, they, they, so it was uh, a sellout. So twenty two straight. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, and I uh, imagine this coming week is uh, going to be the same at uh, where is this one? Salt Lake City. It's going to need it's going to need some late late ticket purchases like the okay. Dallas show needed, but but I think they're about fifteen hundred. I had no, I honestly had no idea where the show was until like I was thinking Vegas, um, and but then I'm like, no, there's no way that cards in Vegas. Um, the bonuses went to uh, fifty thousand for Barra. Uh, Onam and Landwehr obviously got the fight of the night, and Tyson Nam got fifty grand. So I, I thought this might have been one where they would have given a bunch of bonuses because there was a lot of really good finishes and a hot crowd. But nope, just the four. Um, so as I mentioned, we have UFC pay per view coming up. Uh, UFC two seventy eight from Salt Lake City, uh, the Vivint Arena, and uh, big main event rematch: Kamara Usman Leon Edwards. Um, the, I was doing my uh, research. Oh, by the way, the ROI thing from the last week's card, uh, you made money if you uh, went with my picks because I had Marlon Vera, Nate Landwehr, and Nate Landwehr is a big dog. And I also had Br- uh, Bruno Silva, but he lost. But, yeah, I had a really good profit, and I, I actually made a couple other bets. I, I went for Nunez, Mirzakhanov, uh, Boudet. Uh, I bet Osborne he lost. I bet Lupi she lost. Uh, and I bet Quinlan and uh, Kashera. So I actually made quite a bit of money. Um, but um, the uh, yeah, this pay per view, um, it's you know main card's really good, and then well top three fights anyways, and the rest of the card. I'm I was when I was doing my research, I was looking, and man, there's a lot of fighters coming off like losses, and in some cases multiple losses. Um, and uh, but but the top of the card is like pretty strong. Um, but uh, main event, obviously, Kamaru Usman, Leon Edwards. This fight, Leon Edwards, long ago earned a title shot, and he's finally getting it here. Um, and uh, I think, like, I don't think too many people are giving him a chance. But I don't know. I feel like uh, 
it's tough to give anybody a chance against Kamara Usman, but Leon Edwards, I think his, I think they match up really well. Yeah, their first fight, I mean, Usman definitely won, but it was not like some kind of blowout. Uh, Edwards hung with him, and that was almost seven years ago. And, of course, obviously Usman's undefeated in the UFC, but Edwards has not lost since then. He's got nine wins and then the no contest with Bilal Muhammad. So, I mean, Edwards is – he is the number one contender, rifle number one contender. He's got really good wrestling. And he's got some solid hands. But Usman is the top pound for pound fighter in the world for a reason. And it's hard to pick against him. I think this is gonna be excuse me. I think this is gonna be a much more competitive fight than people think it'll be. It's gonna be more competitive than the Masvidal fights were. And it could be pretty equally as equally competitive as the Covington fights were were. I mean, Edwards Southpaw. Uh, you know, Covington had a lot of success as a Southpaw against, against Eastman. Uh, just, uh, you know, he's got more knockout power than Covington. Uh, just kind of really good on the ground as well. Uh, just, I mean, it's hard to pick against Usman, And I do think Usman's reign is going to continue. But this is, you know, this is a really good fight, a really good matchup. And they're very clearly number one and two in the division right now. Yeah, and uh, and it's one of those fights where if you know if Usman wins, I mean it'll be his second in a row, and then Leon, you know, he's got that big win streak, and uh, and it'll be it'll be done. But then he would have like just those two losses to uh, to Usman, and then a split decision loss to Claudio Silva are are the only blemishes on his record, um, you know, or rather an early early on in his career he lost a fight as well. But um, I'm just looking at the records, the guys they beat, like. Edward's list is pretty good, but nothing compared to Kamaru Usman. So it's, yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, the betting money, you know, Usman's a really strong favorite, like not, you know, like, not like a, you know, like a Nunez um, Pena favorite or anything, but it's, it's stronger than most title fights are, you know, like he's, he's a pretty solid favorite. So there's good money if you think Edward's got a chance to win, but um, it's, uh, it's not, uh, it's, yeah, I, I have a hard time just even imagining how Usman doesn't win, but I also think it's going to be a close fight. So, um, yeah, it's, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, and and I do expect. I think Usman's out to prove something, so I think he'll he's going to want to go for a finish here, um, and uh, that could be. You know, if Leon Edwards, if 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 Usman gets a little reckless, that could be the opening for Edwards. But we'll see. Um, and then like the co-main isn't going to happen. So I don't know what, what the actual co-main is going to be. I guess they'll move Aldo up, but Costa, there's no way Rocco Costa is happening. I I think, I think it's safe to say it's happening now that we're in fight week. Oh, okay. We'll see. We'll see. I'm, uh, yeah. I saw, um, comms that was trending earlier today and I, I thought, Oh, maybe, maybe one of these guys pulled out and comms that took the fight on short notice. No, but no, it wasn't that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, uh, yeah. Paul Costa and Luke Rockhold in the, in the co-main is, is an interesting fight. Uh, Rockhold hasn't fought in three years. Um, hasn't won in long, a lot longer than that. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's David branch in 2017. So it's been almost five years since Rockhold's won. And Costa's coming off two straight losses, right? So yeah. um, it's uh, it's kind of the tale of the rest of this card in a way. Like a, a lot of these fighters are coming off multiple losses. Yeah. But yeah, with with this one, I really don't know what to expect. 
I mean, if we were, if this was prime Luke Rockhold, I think okay. prime Luke Rockhold makes easy work of Paulo Costa nine times out of 10. Yeah. But, uh, but it's not. I mean, it's a Rockhold whose chin is questionable, whose commitment to the sport seems to be back, but you never know kind of thing. And Paulo Costa is the most unpredictable kind of person in the UFC for the wrong kind of reasons. You just kind of don't know what. It's a head case. We'll put you that way. You know, likes to likes to claim. You know, he drinks the night before fights and all that. You know, <laughs> stupid shit like that. And uh, you know, showing a showing up. You know, a whole weight class up during fight week and getting your fight changed to a whole another weight class days before a fight. But uh, you know, he's good still. He's powerful. If he, but he's crazy. Uh, I don't know how this is gonna. I don't know how this fight's gonna gonna look. Me thinking about it right now, I think Costa takes Rockhold's head off with with the punch because of the chin. But and then you, I mean, that cheer you hear will be from the front that you can hear from uh, Fort Worth. That you hear from Fort Worth will be from Winnipeg. I'll, I'll be cheering all the way. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I know you don't. Uh, I know you don't care for Luke Rockhold. I'm a Luke Rockhold fan. I don't really like cost that much either, but yeah, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just, this, this is kind of one of, this is a weird fight. Yeah. Well, I mean, one, one guy's got to win, but you know what? One guy's got to lose. And, yeah. uh, you know, and, and I, I do expect that this won't go 15 minutes. I, yeah. I, yeah. I yeah, don't I think, think it will. Yeah. I figure somebody's getting knocked out and, uh, hopefully it's, uh, Luke. Um, and, uh, the, honestly, the, the, the bigger fight in terms of like rankings and probably almost guaranteed to be a better fight is, uh, Jose Aldo and Mira Devalishvili, um, in, uh, in the, in, in the, I guess what they call the feature fight at Bantamweight, um, winner here should probably be in line for, I don't know, maybe a title shot. Um, definitely okay. if it's Aldo, what? Aldo, yeah. Aldo wins. He gets a title shot. That's pretty much guaranteed. Yeah. Devalishvili, probably maybe not. Uh, if Aljamain Sterling's still a champion, probably you know more than likely not, since those two are best friends and training partners, and have pretty much right. Said they're not going to fight. So he's won uh, seven in a row, though. So um, yeah, he's uh, th- yeah. This one is uh, this one's this one's real good. Um, and and man, I I talked last week about you know like I kind of want to see Jose Aldo and Dominic Cruz and. I just like after watching Dominic Cruz last week, I think Aldo destroys him yeah, if they fight. So. Like, I, I, you know, I, cause Aldo's looked really good in his last few fights. Yeah, um, he has. And, uh, yeah. you know, Marab's a big test for him because we know what Marab's going to do. He's just going to try yeah. to take you down. And the Jose Aldo of the old, old could be taken down, but was very hard to keep down. Yeah. You know, he's a little bit easier to keep down now that now he's gotten older. But uh, Marab, the last time we saw him was against Marlon Marais, and Marais nearly knocked him out a couple of times on the feet. And he can't play like that against Aldo. Aldo will make him pay, especially if uh, he's able to leg kick and keep. And the more leg kicks Aldo lands, lands, which should be his focus, the slower those takedown attempts come from Marab. So, so I mean, if Aldo can leg kick Marab to death, it's it's a completely wide open fight. Fight. He hasn't used I, the leg kicks as much in his last few fights. That's that's the thing. That's the yeah. thing. But he needs to because it's yeah. always been his most dangerous weapon. And yeah. I don't know why you would 
go away from your most dangerous weapon in, in your career in your career just uh well in, but, uh, in yeah. this fight in this fight in particular for the reasons you said he needs to go back to it he because to uh it. yeah um yeah he um man he i'm i'm uh i the only thing that sucks about this is i wish it was i wish it was 25 minutes because i feel like that's where you know like i feel like after at the end of 15 minutes the fight might just be starting you know what i mean and and it'll yeah. be over so it, it you know and, and maybe the guy that's winning after at the 15 minute mark may not actually win the fight because you know you may you know just i don't know sometimes these fights develop and the fourth and the fifth rounds are where they're decided and this this fight should be five rounds but it's only three so and who watch will watch it'll be like a 60 second knockout or something it won't matter um and then yeah the rest of this card is not much to write home about um but uh you, why don't you give us tell me three fights that we really got to see <laughs> i mean really the answer is the top three fights that we just talked about yeah there's nothing else about, in here man uh I'll, but to give for the sake of this yeah for the sake of this i'll go uh Another bank card fight, heavyweight fight, Marcin Tiber against Alexander Romanov. Uh, Tiber was on a really good winning streak until he, he dropped a decision into, to uh, Volkov in October last year. It's his first fight since then. Romanov is undefeated and looks every bit of of a guy you know who's going to be t- up in that top five, mixing it up with these big name heavyweights right now. And this is his test to to get up in that into that upper echelon. Uh, he's very good, so that should be a Pretty good fight. Uh, I'm going to go with a uh, a uh, featherweight fight. Sean Woodson against Luis Saldana. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the more exciting matchups on the prelims. Woodson's very tall, very lanky, but powerful. And Saldana doesn't have the best record, but he kind of is an action type of fighter. So that should be interesting. And then I'm going to go with a flyweight fight. Amir Albazi against uh, Francisco Vigoredo. Albazi, I think, is undefeated. I, I I'm showing him at fourteen and one. Fourteen, 14 and one. Yeah, he's got the one one loss to Shorty Torres. But yep. uh, he's two and zero in the UFC. He's looked good so far. He's got potential to be a title challenger. And Figueredo, the brother of Davison, uh, just is solid but unspectacular. But he's also coming off a a finish, and you know that's a that's a solid fight and fight right there. So there's three fights right there. Uh, yeah, the only other one I would have even considered was maybe the AJ Fletcher on lose a fight. But, um, yeah, when I was going through this, like the, for my RF, ROI thing, um, I had, there's actually five fights on this card that I have like no value on, which means like the fighters have lost too much. Like, so I, I try to bet on almost every fight, but I'm, will not be betting on Hornsucker and Tyson Pedro. I won't be betting on Lucy Pudilova and Yunnan Wu, Shawnee Young and Miranda Maverick, AJ and, and, uh, Luz and, uh, Ara Killing and Jay Perrin. None of those have value. So, the ones that I am recommending, uh, just I usually highlight them, but I forgot to do it here. Um, Santos. Uh, I only write down the last names. God, who is it? Oh, Leonardo Santos against Jared Gordon. Um, Santos is a 240 underdog, but he's got a 3-1-1 and record as an underdog and 78.1% ROI. Uh, second highest ROI on the card is actually Leon Edwards in the main event. Um, I'd be just cautious about this one because actually Kamar Usman's got a really high ROI too. And I just I like it for the, all the reasons we talked about, like even though he has the highest ROI and I'm 
pointing it out because that's what I do on this column. I just, I can't, I just don't see him winning. So I'm, I don't know. I might just throw money on it anyways, but, um, and then the other one is Sean Woodson. He's a minus 300 favorite, but he's got a three and one record as a favorite and a 58.9% ROI. So my three are Leonardo Santos, Leon Edwards, and Sean Woodson. And, uh, right. and yeah, and two of those are underdogs. So really only need one of them to win. So, um, and, uh, yeah. And then you can take us through the rest of the card. Okay. Uh, it kicks off on ESPN, ESPN plus six Eastern time on the, and a uh, five central time, three on the Pacific time zone, uh, starts off with a flyweight fight. Daniel De Silva, I guess, Victor Altamirano. And then you have a bantamweight fight, Aori Kling against Jay Perrin. Flyweight fight Amir Abazi against Francisca Figueredo. And then welterweight fight uh, AJ Fletcher against Ange Lusa. Then we have the um, featured prelims, which are on ESPN and ESPN Plus, as well as ABC as well. Oh, okay. They're uh, back on ABC again. Yep, okay. yep. 8 Eastern time. Kicks off with a women's flyweight fight, Miranda Maverick against Shana Young. The featherweight fight, Sean Woodson against Luis Saldana. A women's bantamweight fight, Wu Yanan welcoming Lucy Pudilova back to the UFC. She was there for a while was released has gone five and one since her release and worked her way back to the UFC. So this is her return fight. And then a lightweight fight, Leonardo sent us against Jared Gordon caps off the prelims. And then you have the main card on pay-per-view light heavyweight fight, Tyson Pedro against Harry Huntsucker. Then the heavyweight fight, Marcin Tiber against Alexander Romanoff. You got Aldo against Marab Davalosvili, Paul Acosta, Luke Rockhold and co-main event. And then Usman Edwards in the main event. Hunsucker lost on the contender series and here he is in UFC. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. So that well, he was, yeah. he was signed as like a short notice guy who, yeah, who I know. took a fight on like three days notice against Ty to Ivasa. So yeah, yeah, true, true. But yeah, he's it's, got, uh, it's funny. He's, this is his third UFC fight and all three of his fights have been against Australian fighters. So, Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Tui to Ty to Ivasa and Justin Taffa. Um, yeah, not us technically New Zealand, but but he yeah. trains in Australia. So there, there's a name for that. Uh, was it Aust- Australasia? I think is what it's called, or something like that. Sure. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Francisco, we're we're heading to that Davison fight at some point. Um, never gonna happen. <laughs> nope. um, all right. I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll t- talk more about that in a second here. <laughs> okay. Well, we got uh, we've got uh, yeah. That's so that's uh, that's it. So we get quick news rundown. Um, UFC 283 in January is going to be in Brazil. Yeah, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Uh, the UFC is starting is bringing UFC Fight Pass down to Brazil as their main broadcast partner, I guess. Now, uh, oh okay, you know, I think that's part of the this thing, and then they're going to be, you know, back in Brazil. That's going to be the first show in Brazil since before the pandemic pay per view. Uh, you would think that that's where Davidson Figueiredo and Brandon Moreno might end up. Uh, Brandon Moreno this weekend was at at the UFC this weekend. He was talking about he doesn't believe that Figueiredo is going to ever fight at flyweight again. So okay. he's still kind of he's still kind of you know it's the same thing. It's it's the same thing. A lot of people are thinking they'll believe Figueiredo is going to fight at flyweight when the fight's announced. So there's a lot of people that don't think he's going to fight at 125 again. But I would think that that is the fight that that would be targeted because it's a Brazilian champion. And then, you know, Oliveira, Oliveira, who's not a champion, but he's fighting in October. 
see who else is there that's presented. Amanda. Amanda. But she's, yeah, she's talked about how she's more American than Brazilian the, these days. Oh, okay. <laughs> but well, yeah, but well, you can still do that. But um, yeah. And uh, what, maybe Shogun's retirement fight? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, maybe. Who knows? That's, that's a little, it's still a little ways away. So we'll, yeah. figure, we'll see something. We'll probably start seeing fights for it come October or so. Yeah, yeah. If Oliveira gets through that fight relatively unscathed, you'd think he'd want to he'd want to fight in Brazil, possibly. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, Shane Berg. Oh, you know what? Oliveira and like Poirier or something. Uh, pretty <laughs> cool. That just happened uh, though. So. Oh, or Chandler. I don't know. I'm just pick, coming up with names. Yeah. Uh, Shane Burgos signed with PFL. That's surprising. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess he saw he got he got what he said an offer that the UFC couldn't match or wouldn't match but uh but yeah i mean pfl spends a lot of money on these big name guys and a lot of them don't pan out but i feel like he's gonna pan out more than more than a couple of them and so so these probably, guys yeah. like when they when they sign like they get guarantees like <laughs> on top, like so i think that what is it like the million dollars they basically top it up like if their contract doesn't hit a million then they just make it a million or i don't know exactly how it works with some of the with some of these what i've heard what I've heard is, is like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'll put like, let's say way. you're getting like a hundred thousand a fight, and you know, you don't win the tournament, then you just get whatever you would have got. But if you win the tournament, then you get um, you probably don't get a million dollars on top of your regular salary. You probably just get yeah. A total I, of I a think I, I think if you're in non-tournament fights, you get you know like whatever your standard pay is. And I think in tournament fights, like like a guy like Pettis or McDonald. They might get a hundred thousand for the first fight, fight yeah. maybe two hundred thousand for the second fight. But if they win the tournament, overall pay will be a million. Or they might have different deals. Who knows? I think Who that's how it, it that's how it worked in Bellator. I, I did I do remember hearing about I, the Bellator thing. And, and I know was... I know some of these bigger names are probably on different types of deals. That's the yeah. only way they can get some of these guys from other promotions. I mean, you have to sign Shane Burgos to probably a pretty big deal to lure him away from the ufc yeah yeah like i mean you got to pay him more than he's going to make in ufc so um and he's probably like you know at, at the rate he's been around probably like a guy that's going to get like 75 and 75 so you're gonna to have to give him a lot more than that probably i would think yeah because uh, he's a former main eventer you know um all right and then we got some pretty big fight announcements uh what, what are some of the ones you want to highlight well you know i remember you whenever uh Charles Jordan was on the yeah. Long Island card on on July seventeenth. You were worried he wasn't going to be on the Paris. Here Paris, he is, Paris card, especially after him and Shane Burgos, who we just talked about, had that incredible fight where they beat the hell out of each other. But yeah, Charles Jordan, he's going to be on the Paris card after all. It's a two and a half weeks. Uh, it's a tough draw Nathan, for him, Nathaniel Wood. Which, to be fair, Nathaniel Wood also fought on that Long Island card on July seventeenth. So it's guys who are. You know, having the same kind of turnaround. But yeah, that's a very tough fight for both guys, honestly. Honestly, yeah. very good matchup there. That's uh that's one to highlight. And then we're gonna go down to Bellator 286 on October first. Uh Aaron Pico against Jeremy Kennedy. That's been that fight's been rebooked. It was supposed to happen Pico's last fight, but remember Kennedy had to pull out late. And uh then Excuse me. Then you also have Juan Archuleta against Enrique Barzola. I think that's a Grand Prix fight. I can't remember. Uh, yes. 
It is. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that is. Okay. Uh, then we'll, we'll skip down to UFC Fight Night on October 15th, which looks to be back, which looks to be at the apex. But the main event will be Jerry Cannonier against Sean Strickland, both of them returning after losing at a UFC 276 on July 2nd to the two guys fighting in the MSG main event. And since I know you're super <laughs> interested in this, also on that show, Mike the Truth Jackson lives to fight another day. Undefeated. UFC fight, and he fights uh, Pete Rodriguez. So there's that. Isn't he unbeaten in UFC? No. You know, he's one and one. I, th- I thought he... I he thought lost he... to Mickey Gall. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, yeah. One and one with one no contest. Yeah, yeah, with one no contest. So. Okay. <laughs> Pete Rodriguez, he any good? Uh, he's better than Dean Barry. Okay. So, <laughs> so Jackson's got his work cut out for him. He's got to figure yeah. out a way to get get uh, the other guy disqualified. Yeah, yeah. Uh, UFC Fight Night, October 29th. Uh, decent middleweight fight. Roman Dolize against Phil Halls. Yeah. Uh, UFC 280, October 22nd. I just realized... Uh, I'm looking. At, <laughs> I had two different UFC Fight Night on 1029 listed. Oh, yeah. Also, UFC Fight Night 1029. Uh, Max Griffin against Tim Means. That's another one. Oh, yeah. UFC 280, October 22nd in Abu Dhabi. Armin Petrosian against AJ Dobson. Uh, let's go to UFC 281, November 12th. Uh, Dominic Reyes, that's his return fight against Ryan Spann at Madison Square Garden. Also, <laughs> it, interesting fight here. Molly McCann against Aaron Blanchfield. That's very really puzzled. Really puzzled by this matchmaking because I figure these are two two fighters that they don't want either to lose right now. Uh, but McCann's going to be pretty over in MSG. Uh, Patty Pimblett, he he was at the San Diego show. Uh, he said he weighed about two hundred pounds, which by looking at him is probably. Maybe right, maybe a little conservative. He might be weighing more than that. He definitely looks different when he's not in camp. He said uh, he won't be fighting at the MSG card. I think he really? said he doesn't want to fight New York. Oh, that's so, weird. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of fighters who don't want to fight New York. Some of some of these people, they want that prestige to fight in MSG. And okay. some others look at it from a business and a tax standpoint. Oh, right. They see, right. They see how much money they lose fighting in New York. I mean, New York takes pretty big taxes out of, out of fighting. Did they, did they give him a, a new deal yet? Because I, I was, I was actually reading something that was written quite a while ago, but it was after not his last fight, but the one before that where he'd only made like 24 grand and then plus he got his performance bonus. But I don't believe any of that stuff that everybody writes about that stuff. And I don't believe a fighter when they say they're making only this much. Okay. Okay. Because that, yeah. that seems yeah. like he seems when, like a guy that should be in the six. With somebody like Patty, with, with somebody like Patty Pimblett is claiming they're only making 12 and 12. First of all, first of all, a UFC starting salary is 12 and 12. Damon Blackshear, his first UFC fight fight was 12 and 12. So Patty Pimblett, who already has a UFC win, he wouldn't be on a 12 and 12 deal. Okay. He's also a guy they've wanted for year for years, and there's uh, multiple suitors suitors for him. So there's no way he came in. He came in on a 10 and 10 deal. There's no okay. way. No okay. way. I don't believe that for, for a second. Look at a Yasmin Yaraguay. She had a bunch of suitors for her, and the UFC had to out 
bid people. She came in starting at 25 and 25 this past okay. week because California, because California released salaries, right? Right. Release salaries. So I don't believe for a second that Patty Pimlet on his second UFC fight was making 12 and 12. Don't believe that. For so do you think, do you think uh, if they really want him on this card and they, you know, like pay him, he'll, he'll fight. Or do you think that the, you think I think they're serious just, they'll and... just, I think they'll just hold him off till Vegas. Okay. Okay. Cause yeah, it's weird, weird to have Molly and him not on the same card, but yeah, oh well. it's weird. It's weird, but I mean, it is what it is. So uh, yeah. Then a uh, Bellator show on, on uh, November 18th, uh, lightweight champion, Patricky Pipple defending against Usman Nurmagomedov. That's a big fight right there. For New champion. Call yeah, that right now. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so too. I would agree. I would agree. Uh, UFC fight night, December 3rd. Uh, got a couple of middleweight fights. One's a big one. Jack Hermanson against Derek Brunson. And then you yeah. have Eric Anders against Kyle Dawkins. And yeah. then UFC 282, December 10th in Las Vegas. Now, this is just rumored. This is not official. This is just a fight targeted. But it looks like that's possibly where Yuri and Glover are going to have their rematch. Okay, so let me ask you this. Why wouldn't they just wait one more month and do it in Brazil? It's possible they could do that. Yeah. If they, like, if they want if they want something. It's just you gotta you gotta have two side of fights for for December tenth. And I think if you just start mapping things out, yeah, I would put that I'd pencil that in. Pencil that in for there. And if you can get something else and then you can afford to move that one to Brazil and and swap some stuff around. Stuff can, around can you not like do that. can they not do Jones and uh uh it's is um uh, uh Nagano gonna be ready by then or no? Don't know the situation with Nagano and Stipe and okay. all all that. Then okay. you have light heavyweight, middleweights in November. November yeah. uh welterweight is this upcoming weekend, maybe whoever wins fights in December. That might be yeah. Out of too quick. Oh yeah. You said Artisan's booked already, yeah. right? Yeah, he's fighting an MMA. And obviously November. Amanda can be the second fight on that card if they want it. Um What's that? Yeah. Amanda could could be the second fight on the card, or or Shevchenko. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, you're really looking at. I don't think Volkanovski will be ready in December, so you're probably going to end up with with Yuri and Glover in December. That doesn't feel like a big enough fight to headline Vegas, but yeah, it's hard. You got a lot of champions booked and hurt right now, so yeah. Although coming off that uh, that first fight, I mean, there's going to be a lot yeah. of interest. So and ESPN will pump it up really strong. So yeah. All right, so that's that's going to wrap it up for the regular part of the show, and then uh, obviously we're going to have that. So it'll be a little bit longer show than usual because we're going to have the interview uh, coming up with um, uh, Aaron Jeffries. Um, and uh, as I'm re- as we're recording this, I haven't actually done the interview yet, but we uh, we're so that's why it's being done one day late because we got Aaron on Wednesday. So uh, so yeah, the show will will drop in your podcast feed shortly after that. Um, so Ryan, uh, you obviously had your uh, coverage of last week's uh ufc show in the observer this past weekend i didn't actually get to it because he had that super long bio on gene labelle that took me forever to get through so i read that and then the g1 coverage and i didn't actually get to the ufc stuff yet so but i will look forward to reading that Damn later it, what <laughs> what <laughs> i'm just kidding that's what, what? Okay, um, and uh, and then of course you'll have. You're coverage. supposed to read the UFC stuff first. Skip I don't. The- I read it in order. I re- <laughs> I'm just. I'm very very uh, OCD on this stuff. Bre- I'm breaking uh, your balls. Breaking your balls. I know. I know. I know. Uh, and then of course you'll have coverage of the UFC San Diego in the upcoming weeks Observer, and uh, and then coverage of UFC 277. Is it? We just covered it. 
278. 278 in on uh, the front page of the wrestlingobserver.com and uh maybe, maybe uh, even on uh, observer radio this this weekend although it's g1 this weekend too right i think the yeah, finals. yeah we'll, so yeah. we'll yeah. see yeah um yeah and uh yeah and then i've got uh yeah got the interview with aaron uh again as we're recording we i don't know if you're going to be on it yet so you'll either hear me interviewing him or both of us um and uh and yeah so stay tuned for that and you can go even go watch uh watch us on youtube uh talking to talking to young aaron and see his fantastic mullet live in hd uh, or taped in hd um so for ryan i've been paul and ryan why don't you take us home like you always do all right. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Have a great week and enjoy the fights this weekend. And enjoy the interview with Aaron. Later. And we're back. And I'm pleased to be joined by uh, Bellator fighter Aaron Jeffrey, uh, newly ranked uh, in the rankings that just came out yesterday. Uh, congratulations on that. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah, no problem. Uh, I was. Uh, I was very pleased to see your fight uh, open up the show on uh, on Friday. Uh, we get it here on YouTube in Canada, as I, I'm sure you're Canadian as well, so you, I'm sure you're yep. aware. Yes, um, but yeah, big win over Austin Vanderford, who just uh, competed for the middleweight title. A uh, bit of an upset, but I'm sure not in your mind. <laughs> um, what 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 do you like? What what are your thoughts on that? Like, I, I mean, I saw your interview with John McCarthy, and uh, you know, you're very gracious. You know. Um, Austin took the fight on short notice. Didn't have to do that. So, uh, any what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to condense my thoughts into words right now, man. It's been a whirlwind of a couple of weeks um, yeah. from like having the potential of this fight to getting it signed uh, to fight week to winning, and now like all the media and stuff. Uh, it's it's been crazy, man. I don't know if you remember, but earlier in your career. Um, Fight Game Media did in, uh, reviewed one of the shows you're on. Uh, one of my buddies, Justin Nipper. Uh, it was at SFT 23, and mm. he had uh, he was very impressed by your mullet, and he made a comment about it in his article, and then you retweeted it, and uh, and and uh, ever since then you've been a Fight Game Media favorite. So whenever you're fighting, we're watching. And uh, was that the comment about the? Uh... Was it Trailer Park Trudeau? Was that you guys, or what was it? Uh, let me just have a look. I got the article up here. I, I, I recall it. I can't remember exactly what the what the line was though. Uh, a Trailer Park version of PM Justin Trudeau. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I don't watch Trailer Park Boys, so I I didn't quite get it. But yeah, I do see the Trudeau resemblance a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, I, I get that a lot. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, good Canadian boy. Um, you know, and and I mean, and it's funny because. I gotta say, like, I'm not just saying this because you're on the show. You're one of the more underrated fighters in your division in the world, because I look at your record, and I mean, you know, for a guy on the, you know, that was on the regional scene up until just a little while ago, um, you know, your record's very impressive, and it's even more impressive when you look at your losses. Um, you know, like everybody you've lost to is in the UFC right now. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I mean, you very nearly were. I mean, you, yeah, you're 11 and two, and you won on the contender series. And everybody that wins on the contender series gets a fight. And for whatever reason, you didn't. Um, no, I, I didn't win on the contender series. Oh, sorry. I'm I'm sorry about that. I, okay. I, I missed that up. Yeah, right. You lost to Chow Brow. Yeah, and he's yep. he's in UFC right now. Yeah. But it was a decision, 
And from what I understand, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, UFC was interested in bringing you back for this season of the Contender Series, but you got the offer from Bellator? Um, I don't know, actually. Uh, okay. I don't know if they wanted me back on Contender Series this year or not, but the, the Bellator offer was uh, too good to turn down. So, Yeah. Well, and, and, and I mean, and yeah, especially fighting Vanderford. I mean, you, you know, you're right in the deep waters. And, you know, two fights in, you're ranked number uh, number seven. I got the uh, rankings right up here. Um, or sorry, number six. Uh, you took took Austin's spot, number seven. And I'm looking at that name right above you, and he's a teammate of Austin Vanderford, uh, Dalton Rosta. Yep. Uh, I don't know. If I was a matchmaker, that's the fight I'd be making. But, I, you know, I know um, they asked you for a name, and I think you're probably, you know, it's, it must be hard in the cage. And, you know, they press you for a name, and you're just like – I just want to enjoy my win. Yeah, exactly. I, I just fought three seconds ago. I don't want to think about yeah. the next one quite yet. Yeah. Uh, impressive KO, though, man. Like, uh, you know, vicious. I, I got the, the highlight here. And, I mean, you were you just wouldn't let up. And, and I think Vanderford didn't know what hit him. Um, and, and as I, you know, I, I – if you're familiar with fight game media, um, we we do we we focus pretty heavily on pro wrestling, but we also cover MMA and boxing. Mm-hmm. And Austin Vanderford obviously is, you know dabbled a little bit in pro wrestling. He was in AEW. Are you uh, are you, you you follow wrestling at all? Not anymore. When I was younger, I did uh, quite a bit, but no, I haven't in years. Okay, yeah, it's not as as popular uh, as it once was but i just i i just you seem like the kind of guy that would, would probably do pretty <laughs> hey, well in that crazy? environment uh, i was in vegas for a while last year and uh there was some like wwe scouting agents that were going to some of the gyms and they came to the gym i was at and they asked for me specifically and told me really? to come out to the tryouts yeah wow well you know i i see you know i see a little bit of tom lawler in you and uh yeah. you know like you know that kind of thing and he's done really well in pro wrestling since since he left mma you know obviously yeah. he's a little bit older than you you're you're 29 like you're in your prime and obviously you know like you don't want to do anything else right now i find that guys that have tried to do both uh tend to not do well at the fighting part of it um you know because you go from trying to hurt somebody to trying not to hurt somebody and it's you know a completely different skill set but uh yeah you um you you came in with a bang, uh, second straight second straight win in Bellator, and uh, and I mean obviously you didn't take any damage, so I you know are, are any kind of like it looked like you you know might have pulled you out of training. Um, are you are, you know you have any idea when when you might fight again? No, nothing yet. I told I told my management to just leave me alone for the week. I just want to <laughs> relax this week, and then we'll start talking next week about what's next. Yeah, Bellator doesn't run as. Uh, active a schedule is as ufc to like it's not like they're in there every weekend so no they're they're more like once a month maybe twice a month yeah it, it kind of ebbs and flows so you should be able to uh you know pick pick the right time when you're ready and uh you know and, and the next fight's gonna be big because i gotta think you know especially if you're fighting a guy in the t- you know that's ranked ahead of you i mean really it's probably a title eliminator and uh it's, you know for a guy that was you know fighting on in CFFC, you know, uh, earlier this year, like that's that's a pretty pretty big step up. Yeah, man, pretty crazy. Yeah. I, now, I imagine you're going to get asked this a lot, and uh, you know, and, and given that you're under contract to Bellator, it, you know, it's you know that's obviously the the goal right now. But do you, do you still like because you hear guys in Bellator talk about UFC a lot, you know, um, and, and I'm not to say that would you want to go to UFC because you're under contract to Bellator right now, and that's a good place to be. But are are there guys 
in UFC that, you know, you, you look kind of look at and you, you'd be like, yeah, you know, I'd like to fight those guys. Uh, uh, yeah, for sure, man. I mean, uh, like between Bellator and UFC, it's the top guys in the world, right? So there's definitely right. lots of guys that would be on my radar. Um, but yeah, like you said, I'm, I'm in contract with Bellator. They've been very good to me so far. Um, and I'm 29 years old. Uh, <laughs> so I, I got to worry about like making money now, right? And Absolutely. Uh, kind of like providing for myself. So uh, yeah, that, that's a big part of it at this point. It's not just like chasing the childhood dream of getting to the UFC. It's uh, like making a life for myself. Absolutely. And, and you know, the other thing is um, they like to do these uh, Grand Prix tournaments. And I don't think they've done one at middleweight yet. So, yeah. you know, that could be coming up and that's, that's a million dollars, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's life changing. And I mean, in you, you in uh, Canada, I mean, that's like a million five. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. Yeah. That's yeah. Where, money. Yeah. Where are you? Uh, where, where are you right now? Uh, I'm in Tilsonburg. I don't know if you know where that is. Where are you no. from? I'm Winnipeg. Oh, okay. So uh, yeah, it's uh, Southern Ontario. Uh, okay. Pretty, pretty close to London, like 40 minutes from London. Okay. Okay. So yeah, definitely the southern part there. So yeah. you're, yeah. So you, and that's where you train? No, I train uh, near Niagara Falls in St. Okay. Catharines. Okay. But you're training, you train in Canada. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I, uh, yeah. So I, I, I like to, when I get people on and, and, uh, you know, like there's only, you know, so many questions I can ask about the fighting, but you're a good Canadian boy. What, what other sports do you follow? Oh, Honestly, man, nothing. I don't even follow like... MMA as much as I could. Really? So just yeah. training? Just training just and training, man. I, I was never a big sports guy growing up um, in university. I lived with a bunch of guys, so I'd watch sports with them and I, I enjoyed to watch it. But I'm never going to like sit down and, and turn on any sports by myself, really, unless it's fighting. So if you're watching fighting, it's basically you're scouting essentially or or do you just watch you watch for uh, enjoyment no, as well? I watch it, but I, dude, I'm like a casual uh, like the guys <laughs> are grappling and I'm like, come on, stand them up. Ref. <laughs> I want to see. Yeah. The action. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I prioritize my sleep. So when the UFC events are on till like one in the morning, I, oh, I rarely stay up for the main event. Yeah, no, I hear you. I, uh, you know, I as part of, you know, because I cover it, I watch the shows, but I, I can't watch them live. Like, you yeah. know, because like to sit there for six hours. So Dude, that's where long. Fight Pass is nice. And but my uh, my podcast partner, Ryan, who I was hoping to have on this on this interview as well, but he he was not able to be here. He covers everything live. So, you know, you see, if you watch UFC, you'll see his tweets on the screen. My, mine are on there occasionally, but um, his, he's on there every week. And I just, I just know how he does it. It's like a full-time job watching UFC Seriously, these man, days. It, it really is. And, and for you, like, I mean, that's, you know, you, you got to train, you've got to recover. Um, and is this, now, is this your full-time job now? It is. Now that you're with Bellator? Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That's the dream, man. Um, you know, to go from, you know, like fighting on the indies on the regional, I call it indies with my pro wrestling background, but, um, you know, like, you know, and you fought, you know, you fought in all the big ones, LFA, CFFC, um, you know, and now, you know, the natural progression is, is to Bellator, but, um, I, like I said, I mean, I, I just, I, I can't believe like a guy with a, with a 12 and three record is, is as under the radar as you are. And, uh, I, I think, I don't know, like Austin was uh, maybe a bad uh, decision to take a fight <laughs> like like with you. But, you know, yeah, he, he did. And uh, yeah, it was kind of high risk, low reward for him, because if yeah. he beat me, he just beat an unranked guy that nobody knew and he loses. And now everyone is kind of talking shit and saying he sucks because he just lost to a previously unranked guy. So 
Um, I, I said it in some posts online, man. Like, hats off to him. Respect mm-hmm. to him for taking the fight. Yeah. Now, you mentioned you train in Canada. Have, have you given thought to having to possibly move your training to, like, a bigger camp? to where you can work with better guys and I'm going to say better. That's the wrong way to put it, but you know, like learning different from different people, you know, more experienced coaches and stuff like that. Is that, is that anything you've thought about? Yeah, no, I've done a lot of that. Um, okay. I was in Vegas for five months last year, uh, training at syndicate. Oh, syndicate. Okay, cool. Yeah. I was at, uh, I was down in Florida at uh, Sanford, which is now kill cliff MMA. I was down there for two months this year. Okay. Yeah. Syndicate likes their Canadians. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah, quite a few, uh, there, John Wood and, uh, you know, is, is that's the guy that runs that one, right? Yeah. John yep. Wood. Yeah. 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 Tom, Tom's a friend of mine, the Lawler that nice. I mentioned earlier. So yeah. And he, he used to train there as well. Yeah. So, uh, he, oh, are you? Oh, cool. yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, we trained a bunch and hung out a little bit down there. He's killing it right now in uh, Japan in uh, nice. pro wrestling. Oh, yeah. he's in Japan right now. Yeah, wow. yeah. It's a big tournament they have out there called the G1, where it's it's the most like if you ever wanted to watch pro wrestling now, I'd recommend watching that. It's the most like athletic um, version of pro wrestling that they have. Mm-hmm. They treat it like a real fight. They broadcast it like like they're real fights. And Lawler is uh, is getting over pretty strong there with his style. In nice. fact, they call it strong style um yeah so uh yeah i i you know not to like i said you you don't even watch regular sports so i don't know how much time you got for pro wrestling but um now i gotta ask you canadian do you, do you drink tim's uh not so much the only order mm. i will get from tim's is the espresso oh, okay yeah i gotta which is probably like a very uh not canadian order because i'm sure not too many people drink that there not from tim's I mean, yeah. from Starbucks, I'd go if I wanted. An espresso, I don't like the but... French coffee, man. I like the espresso. I like my coffee very strong, so I'll okay. The espresso from Tim's. Yeah, but but that's uh, what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't get espresso from Tim's. I'd I'd go to Starbucks for espresso. Yeah, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I. I uh, <laughs> but is that just like one a day? Then you'll get like just the one shot. Um, I, I usually get a double, but uh, no, I don't. I make coffee at home usually. Yeah, yeah, that's save a, money, a man. cheaper way to go. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Hey, it's not what you make, it's what you save, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're able to do this. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I, I wanted to ask you. Um, I've already asked you about your next fight. Um, uh, so, Doc, let's talk about this. Like, uh, look at it again. I want to look at the rankings here, and and I know I kind of mentioned this earlier, but. Again, I really think like this Dalton Rosta fight makes a lot of sense. He's seven and zero, you know, so he's not as experienced as you, but you're obviously a very top ranked prospect. Comes from the same camp. I would assume that they'd be interested in that fight because they'd maybe want a little bit of revenge. Uh, is that a fight that you know interests you, or, or do you just not even want to talk about it? Um, yeah, to be honest, I haven't watched much tape on him. I know he's top. He's a good wrestler. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of up to Bellator, man. Uh, I don't know if they, cause maybe they'll, maybe they'll put me against someone that's ranked, uh, like lower than me. Sure, um, yeah. cause they do that too. So yeah, I, I don't know. We're, we're just going to have to wait and find out. Cool. All right. Well, I want to I want to thank you again for for doing this show on uh, short notice. I'm sure you had a lot of requests. I know uh, you put the word out on social media. You want to get on the MMA Hour, and uh, so maybe this is the first step to getting on there um, on Ariel's show. I, I did I'm, my I'm part. actually going on there today. Oh, there you go. All right, so yeah. it worked. Your online campaign worked. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, my little tweet of support helped you out. Um, do you got any uh, any plugs you want to get in other than being on that show? 
Uh, yeah, everyone should check that out today. It's at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Otherwise, uh, thank you for having me on. Thanks to uh, everyone at Bellator, management, sponsors, everyone. It, uh, it doesn't take just one person to get to this point. There's a lot of people behind me. Okay, and you're AAJ on Twitter, right? AAJMMA. AAJMMA on Twitter. You got any like Insta or anything else? Same, same thing. AAJMMA. So at AAJMMA. Yeah. So you're at uh, you're at thirteen seventy six. Let's get that over two thousand with uh, with the air with this and the aerial appearance. All right. So Aaron Jeffrey, I want to thank you. Uh, you know you thank got you, the media uh, family in your corner every time you fight. Next time you fight. Uh, hopefully we can do this again and, and I'll be talking to you next time. You'll be getting ready for a title shot. Sounds uh, good, brother. Thank you, man. So for Aaron, I've been Paul Fontaine and this has been in the clinch.